invite you to turn over to our scripture passage this morning in your bulletins over on page 3 from Ephesians chapter 6. This morning, uh, we wrap up our series on the book of Ephesians. It's been a long time. It's been over a year, if you're keeping track. Um, and we finish up with Paul's great climax to the book, his discussion of of spiritual warfare, and we we started it last week as we focused on how to know our enemy, and this week talking more about how to fight, and I think we'll see that what Paul does here uh, is not give us something completely different from the rest of what he's been talking about in Ephesians, but really just taking the great good news he's already unfolded about Christ and life through faith and salvation in him, and, and just saying this is what we live out, even in the midst of of the spiritual battle. Uh, and so let's read together and then and then uh, focus on his word as God's people. Uh, we're going to read 10 through 20 and then focus in on 14 through 20 uh, together. Now let's listen to God's word. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth, and having put on the breastplate of righteousness, and his shoes for your feet, Uh, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith, with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one, and take the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit, with all prayer and supplication, that uh, to that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints, and also for me that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. Let's let's pray together. Father, we pray a similar prayer uh, this morning that uh, you would use, uh, Lord, uh, the ambassador standing at the front of the room here Uh, that you be pleased to allow him to speak boldly of your truth, Uh, that the focus would not be on a human being, but on the power of your love and gospel, Uh, that each one of us here uh, would be strengthened and encouraged. Uh, We look to you and pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So, where did you feel the spiritual battle this week? I mean, really, we talked last week about the powers of darkness and the schemes of the evil one. Surely, surely the powers of darkness pushed back. Did you feel it? Where did you feel it? Uh, Maybe something initially that seemed just like a hard day or a really frustrating circumstance, but there was... There was something about it that, well, it just had the devil's fingerprints on it. Remember we said it wasn't not always the spooky stuff uh, that uh, that the, the evil one loves to use. 
Maybe you specifically saw some of those specific schemes we talked about last week. Uh, the, the devil's trademarks. Things like deception. How about that? Uh, were, there, were there lies uh, that were just coming at you from maybe from outside voices, maybe from inside your own head? Uh, lies like, you can't trust God. He's not good. He doesn't love you. Did you, did you, did you hear some of those lies this week? Uh, or maybe it was the, the tactic of temptation. Now, there was something uh, that looked really, really good, uh, but in fact, it was death, right? Like, like fishing. There was this really good-looking bait. Uh, there's a, there was a hook in it, and maybe you didn't see it at first, uh, but there, there are the powers of darkness kind of flashing that before your eyes, and it looked really good, the tactic of temptation. Or maybe it was the devil's scheme of accusation. Uh, the, the, the condemning voice, uh, maybe just in, in your own head or, or from outside, that, uh, that uh, as you're wrestling with sin, that voice of, look how awful you are. God could never accept you. You're not good enough to be here. Who are you to show up on a Sunday morning and, and, uh, and, and be among those people who are really great? You? Uh, have you heard voices like that? Maybe even this morning, wrestling with it? Uh, well, these are the schemes of the evil one. How do we fight back? How do we get better at standing in, in an evil day like that? Well, uh, that's what Paul's going to tell us about in, in chapter 6, verses 14 to 20. He's going to talk to us about how to stand firm and, and fight uh, against, the, against those attacks, against the, the spiritual battle that's around us. That's more significant and more powerful than any, any human interaction, bigger than any flesh and blood difficulty. Uh, this is what's really dangerous. Uh, and so Paul tells us how, uh, how to fight. And we're going to look at it together. Maybe you've studied this passage before, maybe in contexts where you've gone through it very slowly, kind of piece of armor at a time. And that, that can be great and helpful. Uh, we're going to do it all at one time, kind of flying over at uh, 20,000 feet, which I think is also a helpful way to do it at, at other times because you kind of get the whole picture, especially as we're, we're wrapping up our study. We'll see Paul kind of bring all these things he's talked about and just applying it here. Uh, this is not something different in the Christian life. This is the very core of our hope. Uh, now uh, thinking about it in terms of the spiritual battle. Uh, so we're going to try to hit a lot. We'll go quickly. Uh, but will hopefully uh, be a great summary of what we talked about and strength in the midst of the battle. The first thing uh, we'll, we'll see is that it is a divine battle. Uh, that what we're talking about here is the armor of God. God's armor. And what, God, what Paul is describing here is, is that which belongs to God, him handing to you. And there's a background to all of this. It's the Old Testament. And the Old Testament, which again and again portrays God as the great warrior. God as the, as the divine mighty one who, who fights and conquers all his enemies and fights for his people and wins the victory. Uh, the great warrior. And there are several passages in the Old Testament uh, which describe armor that God has. We read one of those this morning in Ephesians, or excuse me, in Isaiah 59. And if you looked carefully, you saw some of the same language that Paul uses, right? Breastplate of righteousness, helmet of salvation. But there in the, in the Old Testament, it's describing God and what 
he wears, uh, what the great divine warrior himself is clothed with. And then there's other passages that kind of that seem to indicate this is what he's going to give to his Messiah, his great king who's going to conquer in his name. Of course, we know that's Jesus. Uh, so you have God himself as the great warrior, uh, armed and clothed for battle. And then you have his son who, who goes to war and wins the victory with that same armor. And now what Paul is saying is, yeah, that those very weapons, that very armor, God, that belongs to God, that is God's, that Christ uses and wins the victory. Yeah, that's what God now hands to you. So even just there, can you see the kind of confidence that we can have uh, in the midst of the battle? Maybe, maybe you're tempted in, in settings like this, discussions, or just during the week you feel the pressure to just be fearful, to be anxious. Be encouraged uh, that, the, that the weaponry that God gives you is not something that's, uh, that, that, that's piddly or small. This is God, uh, his very armor itself, his very weapons. Uh, you can be strong. In the evil day. So, right, it's it's divine battle, divine armor handed to you. It's also, uh, secondly, it's a corporate battle uh, and corporate weapons. Uh, we're, uh, we want to see this kind of overall theme that, that flows in. And again, it's a summary of what Paul's already been saying in Ephesians, that, that God's great plan in salvation is not just a plan that involves an individual over there and an individual over there. His plan is a body, and that's what he saved, right? He saved a whole people, bringing them to himself and to one another. And part of the devil's schemes is division, to divide them, uh, right? Ephesians 4, don't let the sun go down on your anger, otherwise you'll give the devil a foothold. Right? He loves that division, so we're, we're careful to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. And then he gets to his great conclusion, his great climax, and he talks about spiritual warfare. And the whole thing is corporate, together. You might not see it as much uh, because uh, English doesn't distinguish between singular and plural and the second person, but all the pronouns here are plural. So verse 13, uh, it's not you individual uh, take up the whole armor. It's you take up the whole armor. Verse 14, you people of Emmanuel, sand. You, together, fasten the belt. Uh, you, together, you all put on the breastplate. Uh, it's corporate. It's us together. Uh, and that especially comes out as, as Paul talks about the shield of faith. He uses, there's several different Greek words that mean shield. And in the Roman world, they refer to different types of shields that were used by, by soldiers of the day. The particular word for shield here is the big one. Uh, it's the, like like looks like a small door shield, like four feet high, two and a half feet wide. Uh, it's big. It's designed to cover the entire body, pretty much, and it's designed only to be used in formation. And you, it's used to this day with that kind of that kind of tactics. If you've ever seen police in riot gear, uh, what do they have? But this huge body-sized shield that they use to line up in formation. So it's not just one individual protecting himself, but a whole line in formation protecting one another with a huge shield. That's what Paul's talking about here. Uh, so it's not just you as an individual battle, but it's you standing alongside of your brothers and sisters, uh, holding up uh, the, the shield of faith that not only protects you, but helps to protect them. Uh, that's where we're strong in the battle, together. 
And that in and of itself is an encouragement as we, as we feel the, the battle raging around us uh, to realize, wow, we need one another. And we need to be together. We need to know one another and be known by one another and be praying and standing. We need one another. And so if, if just a commitment that, that we make to ourselves, yeah, that's right. We, I, I, I need to be with my brothers and sisters. Yeah, so wherever you go uh, in life, commit yourself. I'm going to be with God's people. Uh, I'm going to be in a good church. And if for some reason a circumstance temporarily uh, has you away, those things happen, illness, uh, disease for a time, that makes sense. But commit yourself. i got to get back because, because I'm not safe by myself. And not just you, but us. We need you, Right? You, you need the protection uh, from the rest of us, and I, I, we need the protection from you. Right? It's only when we stand in formation that we're really safe uh, and strong in the spiritual battle. Uh, okay, so then we go into the specific elements. So broadly, divine armor, corporate armor, and then we go into the individual elements. You could break it up into offensive and defensive weapons, and we'll go through it quickly. And what we'll see here is what Paul is describing is not some fancy, weird spiritual moves that you use in case you, any, you smell anything demonic. Like you kind of stop this and start doing that. No, this is just like what the whole Christian life's about. Because it's all about Jesus and all about his gospel. Uh, which is a good reminder uh, to, to all of us. This only works uh, if you're clinging to Jesus. Right? The only safety any of us have uh, is in Christ, which is why uh, y- y- none of us can try to, to, to do this and live this uh, apart from t- turning from our sin and trusting in Jesus as, as Savior and Lord of our lives. It doesn't work. It's the only safety is in him because it all focuses on him. Look for it. Okay, so let's, let's go into the details. Uh, belt of truth, right? Soldiers wear a belt in those days to in part to keep their tunic uh, from getting in the way, gathered up so they're ready for, ready for battle. The, tr- the, the belt here is the belt of truth. That was what Isaiah said, uh, God puts on, uh, God wears the belt of truth, and, and now it's handed to us. Uh, remember how, how significant this is, because the, the, one of the key tactics of, of the enemy is deception, is lies. How do you fight back against lies? With the truth. And especially the truth of Jesus and his gospel. Uh, In the context of Ephesians, that's how Paul has talked about truth again and again. Uh, Of course, it's all of God's truth in his word, but especially it's that truth bound up in the gospel. So chapter 1, he talked about, you have heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Uh, Or chapter 4, he talks about the truth that is in Jesus Right? It, all, of truth, all the truth of God is helpful and protective against lies, but especially this truth of, of the gospel and of Jesus. Jesus, of course, is the very embodiment of the truth. Right? He is truth personified. And then his gospel is the, is the very truth itself. Right? His, his death for sinners, his resurrection to conquer our enemies and rescue us, there's the truth that protects us, that keeps us safe. So you hear that you hear that lie of yeah God doesn't love you. How do you fight back? The truth of Jesus and His gospel. I know God loves me. How do I know? I look at the cross. I see Jesus. You know the demonstration of God's love. 
while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. And you say the same thing to yourself. We say the same thing to one another. Right? Or, or that lie of, God isn't trustworthy. You can't, you can't trust in his ways and his truth. And you go back to the truth in Jesus. I know that in Jesus, all the promises of God, yes and amen. Jesus has shown uh, the epitome of God keeps all his promises. He can be trusted. Just look, just look at Jesus and we fight back against those lies. So the, the truth protects us, the belt of truth. Similarly, the breastplate of righteousness. Right? Breastplate, keeping you safe, the vital organs from, from all attacks. This is exactly what Isaiah 59 describes as something that God wears. Breastplate of, of righteousness. Of course, God is, is in his very being righteous, trustworthy. Uh, he is the one who is, is true. Uh, of course, the problem is that we in ourselves are not righteous. Uh, we in ourselves are the very opposite, unrighteous. And then Paul opens Romans with saying, yeah, that, that's why uh, the, the judgment of God, the wrath of God is being revealed, because of all our unrighteousness. But here's the good news of the gospel. Uh, the good news of the gospel is a righteousness from God is given to us. Right? It's, 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 like, a, it's like clothing that God takes off and puts on us. Uh, specifically, the righteousness of Christ. Uh, Jesus, the one, the one who came, God himself taking on flesh, lives, uh, lives this perfect life, the life that we don't live. He is righteous. And he dies for us so that we can wear his righteousness, like a, like a breastplate. And it protects us. It protects us. Um, Paul has this wonderful, wonderful passage in Romans 8 where he, he says this. He says, Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies who is to condemn. Right? Who shall bring any charge against God's elect? Well, we actually were saying that, the, that Satan tries to bring charges. Right? He does bring accusations. But do those charges stick? Right? Do they actually condemn? Right? Do those the, like sword thrusts actually wound? Uh, well, if you're clinging to Christ, no. Why? Because you're great, and you're perfect, and there's nothing in your life that the devil can point to that says, ha-ha, gotcha. No, not because of me, not because of my righteousness, but the righteousness of Christ given to us. So Paul says, who shall bring any charge? It's God who justifies, God who declares us righteous in Christ. And therefore, there's no one to condemn us. Right? The, 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 the accusations may come, but, but like, a, like a sword glancing off armor, they're not going to harm us. Uh, and so we hear the accusations, yeah, if it were just me, I, I would be condemned. But in Christ, safe. Safe. And the good news is, uh, not only am I, am I forgiven, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, that those who are declared righteous are also more and more being transformed into righteousness. And so Paul said, Ephesians 4, uh, that we are, we are being transformed into true righteousness in Christ. So God is changing us in the meantime. Uh, and we, we put that on and pursue it, even as we know we're already righteous in Christ. Shoes of readiness. So this is verse 15. And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. Uh, shoes... Uh, this is this is the the Roman kind of half boot thing that they would wear. It was it was studded like like cleats. 
So this is this is like what my my sons did yesterday as they were getting ready for their flag football games. Uh, fields wet and muddy. Uh, how are you going to be steady and firm and ready to go? Well, you put on cleats, studded. You're you're stable. You're ready. You're safe. You can uh, jump in and <clears throat> and win the win the football battle. Well, that's what Roman soldiers did. Uh, right? Put on those shoes. What does this look like for Christians? Paul says it's not by lacing up cleats. Uh, but by having the gospel of peace uh, strapped onto your feet. That's what makes us ready, stable, uh, in the midst of, of the battle. The gospel of peace. Paul's been saying that throughout Ephesians. This is, this is what the good news of Jesus is all about. Uh, he said, chapter 2, uh, that God comes to, to us who were far away. Those who, we were separated from God and the life that's in God, and, and Jesus preached Peace. In other words, uh, peace with God, rescue, right relationship with him, uh, and brought near to him in, in peace so that we have the, the life that's, that comes from knowing, knowing God. Christ preaches that peace, and now uh, that, that peace is like, is like shoes on our feet that has us stable and ready in the midst of the battle, in the midst of the battle to, to help ourselves, but also to be able to, to proclaim that peace to others, which is probably in part what Paul has in mind here as well. There's another passage in Isaiah that talks about, about feet and, and the gospel of peace. Uh, maybe you've heard these words. Paul quotes them elsewhere. Um, it's Isaiah 52. How beautiful upon the mountains are the feet of him who brings good news, who publishes peace, who brings good news of happiness, who publishes salvation, who says to Zion, your God reigns. So what Isaiah there is picturing is picturing a great battle, and there's a victory. But the battle is at a distance, and you got to get the, the good news of the victory from the battlefield over to the capital city, Zion, Jerusalem. How do you get the, the word from here to there? Well, you can't send a text message. You send a messenger. And so there's a messenger who runs from the battlefield back uh, to the capital city, and he runs over the mountains, and his feet are beautiful, because what are his feet allowing him to do? To run towards the city and say, peace, victory, God won, God reigns. Uh, and it's, it's that that God has done uh, for us. He's won the victory. He's in his son, defeated sin and death and hell, and, and Jesus comes and is the ultimate one who, who preaches peace to us. But also, uh, then, in Jesus, he uses us uh, with, with the gospel on our feet uh, to, to say to a world, hey, there's good news. God won the victory. Uh, there's, there's peace with God. Uh, and it's that, it's that salvation, that gospel peace that, uh, that gets us ready uh, to, to be firm ourselves and to, and to give good news in the midst of the battle of our world. Uh, gospel of our shoes of readiness, shield of faith, and we mentioned that, that the big the big shield, and so here's how Paul puts it in Romans 16, or excuse me, in, in uh, verse 16. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. So that, that large Roman shield uh, typically would be covered wood, made of wood, uh, but then covered in leather, and before a big battle, you'd soak the whole shield in water, so the leather is, is wet. 
so if your enemy uh, shoots arrows at you that are, that are uh, flaming with pitch, and those arrows strike the shield, not only are you safe from the, uh, from the arrow itself, but that, that, uh, that flame is extinguished once it hits your wet shield. Right? The very thing that will either hurt you or at least cause panic in the ranks, because now your shield is on fire, uh, no, no, the very thing is you're protected and extinguished. I hear Paul says that's, that's faith. That's faith. That there are, there are these arrows that come from the evil one. He's talking about the devil. And as we said last week, there's all kinds of tactics and, uh, and God and the devil can use very ordinary voices in the world and circumstances. And sometimes even in our own heads, these attacks of, of ugly things and ugly thoughts God's people have, have regularly reported all of a sudden out of nowhere, these, these awful images and thoughts invading their minds uh, or just accusations or temptations. How do you, how do you stay safe? Well, Paul says it's a shield of, of faith. Uh, it's the same faith that Paul was talking about in chapter 2, uh, where he talked about the fact that we're saved uh, not by our works, but by grace through faith. Uh, and that faith, not this great, powerful thing in and of itself. Uh, faith isn't this great thing that you have. Oh, look, I have faith. Faith is you, as weak, saying, I'm clinging to Jesus. Uh, I'm not strong but I'm going to cling to the one who has won the victory for me. And that's the faith that protects you. Uh, you're not saying, ah, bring it on, I can take anything in myself. You're saying, no, I'm weak, but I'm going to hold up, uh, hold up that, that clinging to Jesus as, as the shield that will keep me safe. Uh, and so when, the, and so when the, the, the flaming darts come, the flaming arrows come, you just cling to Jesus. There, there's your hope. He wins the victory. Uh, he speaks what's true. Uh, he, you're safe because of him. Similarly, of course, the helmet of salvation. Same idea. Uh, protection. Uh, protection, not because you're great, but because he won the victory. That's what salvation is. It's rescue. And Paul's described it. The, it's the rescue that God gives to his people because of what he did in his son. Uh, and so it's clinging to, to Jesus and his victory over sin. And that's what keeps you safe. Uh, safe now and safe for all eternity, uh, clinging to Christ. Defensive armor, we could also speak of Paul's offensive weapons, or God's more specifically. Uh, there's, uh, there's those things that keep us safe, but also those ways we fight back. Uh, and Paul describes the word in prayer, uh, the sword of the Spirit. So verse 17, and take the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit, the Word of God. Think of how Jesus fights the spiritual battle. Maybe specifically you zoom in on that intense battle that he has with the devil in the wilderness. One of the first things in his earthly ministry, he's out in the wilderness and there comes the attack uh, of the evil one, with all the all the cunning of lies and trickery and attacks, they rain down on Jesus again and again. How does Jesus fight? He he quotes the Bible. Right? He quotes of all places Deuteronomy. Right? How many people would think like, here's how I'm going to fight back against the devil? I'm going to use Deuteronomy. Well, Jesus did because it's powerful because it's true. Uh, it's, it's the sword of the Spirit. And all the schemes of the evil one were, 
we're frustrated. There's, there's God's weapon, the scriptures, and now, now he hands it to you. There, there's what Jesus uh, defeats the enemy with, and now he, now he hands it to you. Uh, and there's, there's your weapon in the, in the battle. Maybe this is a, 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 good, a good homework assignment for this afternoon. Uh, maybe on a, a Sunday afternoon, if you have a little extra time, here's, here's a good thing you could do. Take a piece of paper, write down two or three spiritual battles that are raging in your life. Just write, just quick summary, two or three spiritual battles, and then go back under each one and try to pick out a verse or two of Scripture that speaks to that battle. A verse or two of Scripture that speaks to that battle, because you're, you're thinking, how, where does the sword thrust uh, into, into this battle? And don't be afraid, don't be worried if you can't think of any. Remember, we, we use this armor as a, as a group. Uh, and so you can't think of something, that's where you have brothers and sisters in your life. You take, go to a trusted Christian friend, hey, I got this spiritual battle. Can you tell me uh, a verse or two of scripture that might fit with this battle here? Right? Sword of the Spirit, fighting back. Uh, and similarly, prayer. Now, Paul doesn't give it a weapon name, but he certainly presents it as, here is something critical in the spiritual battle. So he goes immediately from talking about oh, the sword of the Spirit, verse 18, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication, right, prayers for all for all the saints. Uh, and and it, you hear the same theme. Not our strength, but God's strength. That's what prayer really is all about. It's not, it's not, I'm strong. In fact, it's quite the opposite. It's, wow, I don't have the strength, so I'm going to call upon the one who is strong. That's the essence of what prayer is. Um, one, one author likes to compare it to a soldier on the front lines uh, calling in the artillery. Right? That there you are on the front lines, and you see the attack. Wow, this is, I can't handle this attack. So you call back, point the cannons here. That's what prayer is. That's what prayer is. And so maybe, maybe you pick out that, go back to that piece of paper with the spiritual battles that you're, uh, you're, you're fighting, and, and that, becomes your, that becomes your prayer list for the week. And you're, you're going down that list and calling upon God and saying, God, point the cannons here. Here's the attack. Lord, help me. Point the cannons here and here and here. And, 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 then, you, and then you pray for, for your brothers and sisters. Lord, help them too. Uh, in their life, as they're facing this attack, and this battle, and this struggle. And Paul says, don't forget to pray for the advance of the gospel. Right? He, he then quickly goes into verse 19, and as well as making prayer for all the saints, he says, also pray for me, that words may be given to me in the opening of my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel. Uh, here's Paul in chains, imprisoned. He says, pray for me. Not, not just asking that he would survive. In fact, his mind seems much more to be occupied on, Lord, advance the gospel in the midst of this. Right? Give me bold words. Pray for me that I'd be bold in, in proclaiming the good news of Jesus. And that's, that's part of our spiritual battle as well. It's not just, Lord, help me to, help me to get through another week. That, that's part of it. Uh, God wants to give you the strength for another week, absolutely. Uh, but that's not it. He's got something bigger uh, planned. And so we pray for that too. Lord, 
advance the gospel in the midst of it. And maybe even through that prayer list in those three battles, you can think, what are some ways here that God might, God might bring the, the, the good news of Jesus uh, forward in these areas? Maybe even using you to be a light in different places, or using someone else, uh, or, or, or working to pray for the advance of the gospel. And like Paul says, pray for those uh, who, have, who are tasked specifically uh, with proclaiming the good news boldly. And so you're praying for missionaries, you're praying for, for pastors and preachers, that they'd, they would know God's word and proclaim it, proclaim it faithfully and even boldly. It is a battle, and it always will be, this side of glory. Uh, this side of glory, we will always be walking through a war zone. It's just the reality. And we remind ourselves that it's ultimately not against people. Ultimately, it's not against flesh and blood, but there is this spiritual battle where the stakes are even higher. It's not to make us afraid, but alert. And we're strong not because of ourselves or because we've learned some kind of weird spiritual moves to apply in certain situations. It's just the whole of the good news of the Christian life. Jesus, salvation, righteousness in him, cling to his word, uh, praying, uh, calling upon God in strength. Uh, those things, if you think of them by themselves, they, they're not very fancy or flashy. Uh, they, might not, they might seem quite ordinary. Yeah, but they're exactly the, the weapons that protect uh, and that win the victory in the spiritual battle. Uh, these very simple things, cling to the truth of God's word. Uh, praying, uh, clinging to Christ in faith and trusting in his salvation and, and doing it together as God's people. Uh, and it's with that that we can, we can keep our eyes focused on the victory that God has already won for us, for us in his son. And it's there that we're safe. Safe today, safe all the way into eternity. Now let's pray. Father, we do pray that you would strengthen your people. Uh, even even your, your body that you gathered here, Lord, help us as, as your people to, uh, to stand in formation shoulder to shoulder, uh, Lord, to, to protect one another, uh, to, to guard with that good news of, of Jesus, uh, that our eyes would be fixed upon him, trusting him more, knowing him more uh, through the word, uh, Lord, that your truth would, would speak its good news into our lives. And we pray, Lord, that you would enable us uh, to stand in you. We pray with thanksgiving in Jesus' name. Amen.